Hi, guys. Thanks for listening to Library Overload. This is Susie. And this is Tavia. Don't forget, as usual, check out our blog. We're libraryoverload.home.blog. I'll list out all the books we talk about in every episode. And when I say something ridiculous, I will fact check myself and put it there. (laughs) And then also you can visit us on Instagram. We are just library overload there. It's Buddy Read Day. Happy Buddy Read Day. Buddy Read Day. So this was my pick. And what was our um? Didn't we have theme music for Buddy Read last time? Did we make up a song? Oh man, did I? I'm so mad. I don't remember that. I thought I made one up, but I can't remember. Oh, <laughs> um, see now you're gonna have to go back and find it. <laughs> yes, yeah. that's happening. Okay. <laughs> So, this was my Buddy Read pick, and I am very pleased with it. Yeah, I was a little nervous with the way you were going to enjoy it, depending, based on how many times you text me about one specific detail that I'm sure we'll discuss. We will, at length, discuss <laughs> it. But I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I really so enjoyed it, too. It was a quick read for me, too. It was, and it's... It's not a short book. It's not like hundreds and hundreds of pages. But no, it's, it's 335. But it it felt like, oh, I'm sorry. We're talking about The Bone Houses by Emily Lloyd-Jones. We're just going to talk about a book and y'all have to guess what it is. That would be but, a fun game. Like, <laughs> that uh, would be fun. Name that tune, but with name that book. <laughs> you get more points the quicker you guess the book. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I first dominated that. <laughs> okay. I feel like even though this wasn't like, okay, so normally fantasy books have to be very long because you have to build this whole world. You have to deal with the magic of the area. You have to like, you know, just do so much stuff in order to tell this one story for this book. Mm-hmm. And I felt like Emily Lord, jo- Lord, Emily Lloyd Lord Jones. I just feel like Emily Lloyd-Jones did such a great job fitting in so much information and so much action into 330 pages. Mm-hmm. Like, it was really good. And it big, just, big fan. I didn't want to put it down. It went, it just went so quickly. Oh, yeah. I read at night and um, read way too late, like two nights in a row. Yeah, I stayed up too late a couple of nights reading. Mm-hmm. Just, it was not, but it yeah. was really good. It was very good. So quick synopsis. We meet Rin. She is the eldest daughter of a grave digger. Um, her, both of her parents have passed away. So it's just her, her brother and sister. Uh, so she is, has kind of taken over the grave digger responsibilities. But it's just not a very good paying job at the moment. Because in this world... Bone houses are the dead that can rise. And so instead of paying Zombie-esque, if you will. Yes. So instead of paying Ren to bury their dead, families are now cremating. Because who wants to rise again? Like, that's creepy. 
so she and her family are really struggling to get by. Their house payment is very behind. The man that their landlord is kind of a douche. like Super douche. He uh, wins an award. Yeah. And then there's also Ellis, which BT Dubs is a super cute name. I like it. I don't know why, but in this world of weird names, Ellis was just like, oh, thank you. <laughs> I knew how to pronounce that immediately. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, so we meet Ellis, and he is kind of an enigma. He is not like royalty, but he dresses very well. He doesn't have a title, but he carries himself with, you know, a I don't know ability. Like a, yeah, but then he he just calls himself a map maker, but he doesn't know a surname, and it's just. There's a lot of questions to be had with him. Um, so Ellis decides that um, the map that he has used to get to their little town is completely wrong. And he, he gets lost. <laughs> he gets lost. And he meets Wren because one of the bone houses has risen and is trying to kill Ellis and Wren saves him. So right off the bat, we love a good heroine. Yes, I um, love a girl saving a guy. Yes, love it. Um, And then, uh, so Ellis offers Wren money if she will help him go through the mountains, go through this enchanted creepy forest where all the bone houses kind of rise. And uh, he offers her money to take him through there because she knows how to go through this forest because this forest is where bone houses rise. They're not supposed to come out of the forest, but all of a sudden they start to. Dum, dum, dum. And it's just so good. Like, it was so good. It was so, like, creepy and atmospheric mm-hmm. and just, like, eerie. It was perfect to read at, like, the, the just the turn of the season. Mm-hmm. Like, I went outside this morning at 8 o'clock, and it was a little bit chilly, and I was ecstatic. I was like, oh, my God, I got to make chili. Like, <laughs> today. But, yes, it was, oh, it was so, so good. I ended up giving it four and a half stars. Nice. I was going to give it four to five. I hadn't decided. I did finish it days ago, but I, I mean, too. there was the one thing that kept tripping me up. And I think that would be the only reason I would pull it back to four stars. Yeah. That's why it's four and a half because for just the story alone, I am, I am all in for five stars, mm-hmm. but Tavia and I's biggest issue with this book is that she deals with a lot of Welsh mythology. So there are a lot of words that aren't in your normal day-to-day vernacular. If you're not Welsh. Sure. And that's fine. Like, that's fine. Fantasy novels always have weird words, weird names, things like that. But if you're going to do that, give me an appendix. Give Mm -hmm. me... Something that tells me how to pronounce this because the whole time I was getting so like just bothered by the fact that like I'm reading this and I literally don't know how to say this word. This word has one vowel at the end of the word. That is not a word. (laughs) Like it was just it it was very distracting. It would take me out of the story Mm -hmm. for a moment when I really needed to be focused. Yeah. That was my big, that was my one thing. That's it. That's my only issue with the book. 
Yeah, that was really my only issue as well. It's just it it was so distracting. And maybe that's just us because we're stupid Americans and we don't know. Stupid American. Stupid. But I called it from the beginning. You said this seems like Elvish or something. And I was like, no, it's Welsh. And we yeah. just found out today that she had based it on Welsh. And Welsh I was like, mythology. girl, how did you figure that? Like, I was just so baffled. I was like, how did you pull Welsh out of your ass? Like, <laughs> I came out of my with- brain. I know things. <laughs> I went straight Lord of the Rings. Just because so many W's, I was like, oh, it's Elvish. But no. I think he based some of Elvish on a bit of Welsh as well. Oh, Lord. But apparently, from what I was reading, she did a great job with her Welsh mythology. Mm -hmm. She apparently based a lot of her monsters and her little parables and stories that she told in it Mm -hmm. were based on real Welsh myths mm-hmm. and stories and parables and monsters and so that was really neat to that me. is cool i like, was reading a thing that said um someone had asked her about the inspiration and she said she had read an article hypothesizing that in medieval times uh the dismembered the dead to prevent zombies and she said of course i thought well what if the zombies were arising what if the dead sure. were rising sure. and then she's like and i married that with my love of the welsh mythology and so it was just like a, a super cool concept. It is really cool. Like it was just, yeah, like it was, it was basically zombies, but way back in Yore. Mm-hmm. And it was just really, really neat. Is Yore the only time period you know? There's also a uh, colonial time. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we're quoting friends again. Um, okay, but I, one of the, my favorite kind of themes that this book had was grief. I felt that this really kind of encapsulated grief in two very different ways. Mm-hmm. So we have Ren who's dealing with the grief of losing her father at a young age, then losing her mother. And then she's about to lose her home and her, her um, siblings are trying to talk her into, Hey, let's just, Let's just go. Cut our ties. Let's just, let's just go. Like, we have no ties here anymore. And she's just, she has so much, so many things to grieve over. And then we have Ellis, who knows nothing about his backstory, his history. And he's searching for it. And, and he's kind of grieving over something that's never been. Like, the loss yes. of, of yes. something he feels he should have. Yeah, because all he can wonder is, did my parents ever love me? Did they drop me off? Did they, did I get lost? Did they never find me? There's so many questions about his backstory. And I thoroughly enjoyed the, just the kind of deep dive into grief and how different people deal with it. Like, I find grief fascinating anyways, because everyone deals with it differently. I love grief talked about in books and in kind of a creepy suspensefully cool awesome story Mm -hmm. like yes 10 10 fingers up (laughs) that's funny okay anything else before we go into spoilers the cover is gorgeous 
so pretty. And you have a prettier one. Yes, I got this book in my owl crate. That's where it came on our kind of our radar, I think. Because mm-hmm. um, I saw it at your house and I was like, well, that's gorgeous. Yeah. It's like this really pretty skull, but it's like scroll work has been carved into and the gold. face. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so my, my copy is white with gold where the uh, mass copy is black with gold. And I just, it's gorgeous. So pretty. But yes, good, good book. So now we're going to go spoilers. You have been warned. This, this moment forward, henceforth and forevermore, (laughs) Queen of Genovia. (laughs) Genovia. I wonder if there is a time in my life that will go by when I won't quote some sort of movie or TV show. Never. Never. Or meme. Yeah. I I, I live my life that way. It's I my will, language. I'll never, I'll never be able to mention uh, Princess Diaries without singing the Genovian national anthem. So. Yeah. We all have our crosses to bear. <laughs> Okay, first of all, let's talk about the dang goat. Bone goat! How cute was Bone Goat? I love Bone Goat. I literally wrote in all caps, Bone Goat. We have to talk about Bone Goat. Bone Goat was my favorite. So cute. So cute. Just so persistent and like plucky. Like, oh, you made it. All the time, every day, like I and I kept wondering, like, oh my god, is this the is this the time where Bone Goat doesn't pop up? Nope, Bone Goat's always there. Um, yes, Bone Goat was my favorite character. Loved yes. Bone Goat, and then Bone so, Goat's like persistence with like just knocking everybody out. <laughs> so yeah. cute. And when I, when she jumped up on the in the cave, the ladder, they're like, well, yeah. I guess we don't have to worry about that. <laughs> Sweet Bone Goat. Yes, Bone Goat was um, Rin's sister Caradwin's goat. And it it perished in a battle. But Between then, humans and bone houses. Right, but then because of the curse of the bone houses, it rose again. And was an undead goat that traveled with them through the forest as their faithful companion. This, Loved. like... Like a faithful dog, their loyal undead goat went with them everywhere. Bone bone goat's my favorite. I love goats, and I desperately want a goat, and now I'm just going to have to name a goat Bone Goat. (laughs) Yeah, that's all they called it the whole time. It was so funny. I didn't have a name before. When their parents had died, their uncle came and stayed with them, and he was kind of an ass. And he was like, when... The goat showed up one day. He was like, don't name the damn goat because there may be come a day where we don't have food and we have to eat it. So they always just called it goat. And then, <laughs> then it became bone goat. It was cute. And it saved them from many a scrape with it its sure, it sure did. determination. Love bone goat. Bless it. I um, did get a little teary-eyed over bone goat. Especially the, when I first thought she had perished. Girl. There were a couple of things that made me tear up. A couple of undead things. 
make me tear up. Uh, And we're going to get there. But first of all, I just need to mention yet again, my favorite kind of magic is name magic. And what did the champion do? Yeah, Use name magic. As soon as I read that, I was like, (laughs) name magic. (laughs) I love it so much. Just because, and name magic is, of course, used in one of my favorite fantasy novels or fantasy series, Aragon. And it's just, it, it, when it boils down to it, name magic is like, I know your given name, Tavia, but I, I don't know your true name. Like what word or, or group of words is you just when it all boils down what you are. That is your true name. And the person that knows your true name can control you, can make you do things that you wouldn't do. And it's just the coolest type of magic. And when she mentioned it, I just freaked out. I was like, yes, I love this book. Which true name would probably be Lazy and Hungry? Let's try it. That's the essence of me. (laughs) God, I don't even want to know what my true name would be. Lord only knows. Um, But yes, name magic is a fave and I love it. But now let's move on to the sad parts. Her father. Oh my gosh. Lord, that like that uh, just about did me in. Like, I knew from the moment that bone house appeared and didn't attack her who that I was. Had, nope. I had, it wasn't even on my radar. I don't know why. Really? I, I knew that, that she was going to find him in there somehow, somewhere. And I thought it just fit perfectly for that to have been him. And he didn't oh, attack her. He tried to help her. And I was like, oh, okay, that's her dad. See, I don't know why. I don't, maybe I was just so into the story. That I wasn't trying to guess. I was just mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, this is interesting. They're helping her now. That's um, not like you, but that's cool. Yeah. And I was just, when she got back and found that spoon, I, I just about wept. Like, mm-hmm. and, and just her realization, like, it gave me chills. Like, just mm-hmm. her being like, oh, my, oh, my God, that was my dad. But then the worst part was that she didn't see him again mm-hmm. after that. And she had recoiled from him, and it, like, hurt him. Oh, it it just hurt my heart so bad. It hurt my heart. I hated it. Oh, I hated it so, so much. Um, But, yeah, just, I thought it was heartbreaking that these two find their missing parents, and they're both bone houses. Like, that's just so tragic. Like, just awful. But I do love that she did get to see him and he helped her find. And she got clarity. Like she said, I knew he was dead. I just didn't know. You know, I I felt in my brain, in my mind that he had passed, that he was dead. But she got a bit of closure in understanding what had happened to him. And then at the end, closure and knowing that he was at peace. Yeah, but, and then also knowing that he really did keep his promise. He said, as long as you have the other half of this spoon, I will find you. And he sure damn did. Love him. Just a precious, precious thing. 
And it was so sad. Like, it literally gave me chills when she got back and that that other half of the spoon was there. God. Oh, it hurt my heart so bad. Yeah. Well, let's back up a little bit to something that I thought was just really sad and tragic is the the little settlement they came across. (gasps) Yes, that was awful. So they come across this settlement. And again, guys, spoilers here. This is a spoiler. But the settlement. I already spoiled the dead dad. So. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying, like, again, you've been warned if you don't want the book spoiled. <laughs> but they come across a settlement, and it ends up being a settlement for people who refuse to let go of their loved ones and go there so that their loved ones can live on as bone houses. Yeah, and, like, in this area, like, they're, they, they're aware of who they were before they died. So there's one person that still plays what was it the guitar the banjo or something like that it was some sort of welsh instrument like a guitar and like they'll still dance and and so they're not like violent they just they know who they were but they're just slowly decomposing away yeah and then that one poor woman and her mother and she brushed her mom's hair and everything like is it selfish or is it sad in a sort of devastating way to to hang on like that I think it's both like I just I think yeah I just I think it's both who wants to live on like that right the the person that you're unable to to communicate communicate Mm -hmm. with you what you know what they want and so they're just stuck there in limbo forever rising only at night mm-hmm. and just stuck in this one place. I, I think it's, it's devastating. And I can't say that I would ever, you know, if I had the chance to save someone I love or s- still see someone I loved every day, like mm-hmm. I can't say that I wouldn't do something like that, but I, it is selfish. Mm-hmm. Like, Cause I mean, what kind of life are they living? They can no right. longer speak. Um, when you're a bone house, you, you can't talk. Yeah. So, and I did think it was very sad that on their way out of the forest, they saw the the little village again, mm-hmm. and they were burning that. Oh, that that was sad. But I'm very glad that they didn't have to speak to them again. That would yeah, not have gone well. Chick almost killed her when she found out what she wanted to do. <laughs> yeah, that would not have yeah. gone well. Um, yeah, yeah, I thought that it was, was just sad. really sad. The the notion of yeah not being able to let go. Mm-hmm. Which I mean I can't say Like you said I can't say I would act Necessarily any different if there was a magical world Right The concept of it was Yeah like are mm-hmm. they So is your mother Really still your mother If she's dead She mm-hmm. can't speak to you mm-hmm. But her body is there But eventually it's only going to be a skeleton mm-hmm. Like that's, I think it's a concept that can be paralleled with like people on life support and things like that. Yeah, you know, at what point? At what yeah. point? Um, you know, should you not do this? At what point is it just about you? Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's no matter what a decision is, it's all terrible. Yeah. It's just, you know, yeah. it's yeah. And the me before you, that was pretty much the whole kind of concept they ran with. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. Yeah. It was makes you think i didn't think about that until just now but yeah it does it does make you think yeah 
Okay, so let's get to this. What? How do you pronounce the place that they were going? Castel City. Okay. Or do you mean I, the forest? The the palace thing in the The forest. palace was named Castel City. Okay. Magical little realm they were in was Anwiven. Okay. On or on Wiven. Okay. So Castel City was really cool. And I'm kind of sad that they didn't once everything was done like that they couldn't have stayed. Mm-hmm. You know, just because it was such a beautiful place. Mm-hmm. But I thought like just in my mind's eye it was beautiful and it had its very own Nessie which I've always wanted my own Nessie <laughs> except that Nessie was a little more violent than I would prefer but yes true. nonetheless a Nessie but the the big twist with Ellis and where he came from did you see that coming at all no I mean I, I knew okay. that he was gonna have something to do with it but the way it played out never entered my mind. Nah. When I knew that they were going to figure it out when they got there and that he was going to be right. involved somehow. But but yeah, that didn't. When when he started kind of walking around that little house, I was like, "Oh, he's definitely lived there before, but I, I didn't not even entered my mind that he could have been the child." Mm-hmm. That was that was taken there. And so his mother being there was mm-hmm. also devastating. Mm-hmm. And it was devastating when the, it kind of clicked that they weren't trying to kill him. They were trying to bring him back home. Like that was his mom. And his mom loved him so much that she stayed there. And he he was never not wanted. Yes. Like just terrible. Mm-hmm. Such sadness, this book. Mm-hmm. But for me, one of the more agonizing things was the fact that when Rand realized who he was and she was going to break the cauldron anyway and he mm-hmm. knew it and he's like you have to do it whether I live or die after right. have to do it right that was really kind of tragic that was tragic and like her kind of like but do I have to like rethinking her, their entire journey there their mm-hmm. entire purpose yes god I forgot about that yeah that's terrible. The needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. Did you get that from Spock or have you been watching Big Bang? I'm never not watching Big Bang. Me either. It's the best. Since it's it's on HBO now, like it's just I'm constantly watching it. Mm-hmm. I've watched it beginning to end probably seven times since HBO Max has gone live. It's terrible. But I, I did also know that this, that, that came from Star oh. Trek. But yes, it was so good. And then, of course, <laughs> what made me, like, literally cackle out loud. They are leaving. They are walking around the lake. Because, again, Violet Nessie. And Violet Nessie throws her axe at her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it made me laugh so hard. Because I could just... I could just see it. Mm-hmm. I saw it happen. And it was just, <laughs> it was just such a movie moment. Yeah. Like, it straight up made me cackle. That's funny. Like, I thought you were going to say the part about, oh no, the goat got out. <laughs> you texted me about that. <laughs> no. 
I did love that part too. That made me laugh so hard. It did have a bit of British dry humor, which was interesting because the author lives in, I think, Oregon. Oh, that's neat. I did not She's know that. American. Okay, so I've got a couple of quotes that I saved. So uh, in the beginning, Ren and Ellis are kind of exchanging stories that they were told as children. Mm-hmm. And at one point, one of them is like, that's appalling. Like, why would you be told this as a child? And Ellis is like, well, yeah, well, what were you taught? And she was like, I grew up thinking monsters could be slain. And he said, oh, I grew up thinking people were the monsters. Yes. And I was like, my soul. Yes. <laughs> Damn. Took us to church. It reminds me of the thing I've read about Scooby-Doo many times. Where Scooby-Doo taught us that the real monsters are people. So true. And Especially then, in our climate. Right? Lord. And then, again, uh, love and grief. We've got to love someone was to lose them. Whether it was to illness or injury or the passage of time. It was a risk to love someone, to do so with the full knowledge that they'd leave someday, then to let go of them when they did. Like, that's incredibly poignant, too. Yeah, because she had been kind of holding on to this notion of her dad and and all that, and she realized she had to kind of let go of that um, to move forward, and that was beautiful. Well, I also think it's to also just in relationships in general to reach out and make a new friend or to reach out and, you know, get into a relationship with someone like you have to go in knowing that this could go badly for me, Mm -hmm. but it could it could be great before it goes badly. And you have to kind of make that choice. Mm -hmm. Like, is it is the bad going to be worth the good? Mm hmm. One um, of the greatest artists of all times, Garth Brooks, all hail God. Garth Brooks, uh, had a song called The Dance that that encapsulates that, that very uh, concept. It is a good song. I will, t- I will give I'd you that. I'd have known how it would have ended. The dance. Anyways, <laughs> and then I loved this part. I kept just screenshotting because I kept reading on my phone in bed after Chris had fallen asleep because I was like, just... One more chapter, Mom. Okay, so we get to the point where she's broken the cauldron. And for a moment, like, nothing happens. And then all of a sudden, his mother speaks his name. And then it was so powerful. I turned the page and it just says just two sentences on a whole page. I would love to see what it looks like in the actual book. But it says, it's chapter 31. This is how the bone houses were defeated with a whispered name. And you have to turn the page to continue. Yeah. Magnificent. Thought it was such great, such a great moment just to make mm-hmm. you pause and let that sink in. And it was cool in the book. They had these like dark inner. Ah, that's cool. Intersections. So it's the before the after. Uh, I think the first one was the living, and then the second one was the first one was the dead, and the second one was the living, and then the after. The after. <laughs> cool. mm-hmm. uh, I did have that on my phone as well. And then I'm pretty sure this is the last line. I love opening lines, and I love last lines in books. Uh, I think they make or break it. And 
the last lines were, and perhaps this was the truth about the dead. You went on. They'd want you to. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, God, that's it. Yeah. It's, it, that's, that's it. That's life. You love people. It is, yeah. They, and it, they die and they would want you to go on. Right. They, they would, um, typically. It's terrible, but that's life. Yep. Um, you brought up a point uh, that I remembered in my brain. Oh, tell me about your brain. When, uh, it's magnificent. <laughs> when you were talking about they exchange stories, I thought it was, and maybe it's just me, but they gave information to each other so freely. Like, in most fantasy novels, they're so guarded. They're so secretive. Mm-hmm. The lack of communication is the main problem and impediment to what is going on. And Ren and Ellis just gave each other information so freely. And I thought that was really cool that we didn't have to work harder for it. That was cool. I didn't think about that. And it is it is cool, especially Ren being who she was would be like that because she's already lost so much. Why would she want to open up to anyone else? Right. But she just poured it all out there immediately. I love that. Mm -hmm. that. She just like, they knew instinctually that they could trust each other. I loved it. It was so freaking good. God, I want to, I'm going to give it five stars, five stars. I don't (laughs) even care that it didn't have, uh, enough vowels. Yeah. What did you Don't tell me the you screenshot or you said uh, the author just took Scrabble letters and threw them down? Yes, it annoys me so much. Like, I understand sometimes you have to make up your own language or you kind of mm-hmm. take bits and pieces from lore and things. Like, I get it. But for the love of God. I have to be me, able to pronounce it. I need to pronounce it correctly in my brain because I swear to Jesus, if I hear it and I've been pronouncing it wrong my whole life. I will be so angry with you. Like, I think it's like a, the Rissand thing, right? Yes. Yes. It was Rissand, and I still say Rissand, even though I know it's wrong. Like, I just, that's how I read it for three forever long books. Mm-hmm. Makes me so mad. How did you say it? Isn't it, I said Rissand, and you said it's Rissand. Right, Rissand. Rissand. How did I? I don't even know how I. You were you were saying it wrong, but it is Rissand, like like Reese, Rissand. Rissand. Maybe I said Rissand. I don't remember how I said it, but I was saying it wrong. And when I found out that it was wrong, it made me so mad. It annoys the hell out of me. Even from like how when we were little kids. I mean, yeah. Sarah Jamas. Yes, her and her names too. Feyre, I didn't know how to pronounce Feyre for the longest time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, like when we were kids reading Harry Potter, nobody knew how to pronounce Hermione, and so mm-hmm. they, and so J.K. Rowling actually wrote in, in the fourth book for yeah for Hermione to explain how to pronounce her name to someone, just so mm-hmm. we all figured it out. Because I am certain I was not the yeah. only one struggling. <laughs> um. We need appendices. Yes, with pronunciation guides. Speaking of, and I need a map. Yeah, see, I don't really care about maps. I just want to know how to pronounce shit. That's all. I like a map. I never look at the maps. 
I never wonder, like, hmm, how far have you traveled? Like, no. I don't care about it. I thought, especially in a book with a character who was a map maker, we should have had a map. But that's just me. Oh, that would have been cute. That would have been cute. You're right. You're right. Anyway, speaking of appendixes, Christopher Paolini has a new book coming out. Just came out last Tuesday. So a, a week ago. It's called To Sleep in a Sea of Stars. And it is approximately 800 pages, which is not weird for him. All of his books are seven, eight hundred pages. But apparently it has three. How did you pronounce that stupid word? Appendices? Appendices. It's spelled like appendix. Okay. But it has three appendices. And I appreciate the hell out of that. He also did that in Aragon because it's such a giant world. Mm -hmm. I just want all fantasy authors out Mm -hmm. there to know. We want to read your books correctly. Yes. So give me pronunciation guides. Mm -hmm. Yes. That's all I ask. That's all I want. You know what I did enjoy is that this was a fantasy series that could be, that was standalone. Like I didn't need anything else. And it was not super lengthy. And it was just, it was like Goldilocks, the jackpot. Not too long, not too short. So good. So happy with it. So happy with my choice. Yes. Really good. This kind of, I think this in the over under could like take away a couple of your bad picks because it was so good. Thank you. I will take that. Um, So Emily Lloyd-Jones, apparently she has another book that has a, an axe toting heroin and that book is called the hearts we sold and apparently it is just as good if not better so like gonna check that out and apparently it came in owl crates but uh in one of owl crates boxes in 2017 Mm. so they now feature her twice nice which is kind of cool so um if you liked the bone houses check check out her previous work the hearts we sold um, I'm definitely going to look that up because mm-hmm. literally I loved this book. I would, I would read anything else she put out. It was fantastic. So, I was really nervous about it based on the number of times you text me over the names it about just, how much you were going to be really bad about did. that. It was, it was annoying. It took me out of the, out of the story so many times and I was getting so annoyed with it. Mm-hmm. And so eventually I was like, you know what? I just, I'm just not going to pronounce these words. I'm going to say it weird in my head and I'll get you to make me fix it later. Cause I was like, I just want to enjoy the mm-hmm. story. I don't want to have to worry about like, God, how, how do you pronounce a, a yeah. word with 17 consonants and one vowel? Like I, I was not going to listen to the audible of this one because I had the hard copy of the book. But I, it, it was driving me insane. So I've got the audio just so I could hear the pronunciations. And, and I went backwards in it from where I was just to catch some of the stuff. Because I was like, I can't keep pronouncing this right. wrong. Because it's driving me crazy. Right. It's like, it's like these, I've done this a hundred times. Uh, I, I used to pronounce posthumous, posthumous. Because I had never heard it mm-hmm. before. I had only read it. Like, I don't want to do that. Like, I don't want to sound stupid when I pronounce a word that I've mm-hmm. never, ever heard out loud before. But you've got to tell me how to say it. Have <laughs> you seen that interview that Jake Gyllenhaal was giving with the cast and director of a movie he was in? And apparently the director kept saying, instead of saying melancholy, he was saying melancholy. <laughs> and Jake Gyllenhaal lost it. 
That's so he precious, like, though. Oh, my God. You are destroying it. He's like, this is not how you say it. It's melancholy. But, like, I get it. I get it if you never, ever hear a word spoken. How would you know that melancholy is pronounced that way? Like, right. that's, a, that's a weirdly spelled word. Like, no, I totally get it. Funny, but I get it. Yeah. Yeah, he was calling it melancholy. That's... <laughs> That's pitiful. <laughs> yeah, that was good. One final thought I did have about the book is that I appreciated at the end that the status of their relationship you knew was kind of like in a good place, but they didn't force them into a marriage or, you know, something after just one adventure. They were just open to spending time together. Yeah, it was basically like, I like you. I enjoyed our times together. Would you like to travel some more? Yeah. Let's let's see where this goes. Not let's you know, not make a baby today. Right? It's not like we shared one adventure. We should live together and be married forever. Yeah. It's you know, yeah. let's live I, our lives and see how it goes. Yeah, I agree. Especially them being like sixteen or seventeen. Yeah, yes. I appreciated that a lot. And I and I do like the fact that it was a novel. It was a standalone, but. I would be interested to kind of see what other shenanigans they get into. Like it, it didn't leave it open-ended at all, but you could definitely write another story about what Mm -hmm. happens next. Absolutely. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah. I'm going to be telling everybody about this book. And I think it was a perfect segue into our October reading extravaganza. Do you want to tell the class about our October plan? I feel like I have talked a lot, so you tell. Okay. We have decided for the month of October, instead of doing themed episodes, we are just going to do seasonal slash spooky reads the entire month. So we are going to read whatever we want, as long as it fits into an October-ish category. Yeah. So we're still going to have Tavia's October Buddy Read. Yes. Um, I'm toying with a couple of options. Ooh, okay. And but yeah, we're just gonna open it up like thrillers, mm-hmm. horror, true crime. I'm saying that for me. <laughs> Vampires, werewolves, yes, witches, yes. like just cult leaders. That yes. Ooh, I, I would couple. love to read a a cult book. I have a couple. I have one that you bought Daniel on the Manson. I was gonna say yeah. And I think you actually maybe bought him the other Jim one on Jones. Jonestown. Yeah. Yeah. I have both of those that I might read one of those. And that would be kind of a, a cool thing. That would be a cool thing. Yes. Ooh, I might look into a cult. That'd be fun. I don't think I've read anything. <laughs> I don't think anything, anybody's ever said that. That <laughs> I'm looking to join a cult. <laughs> but yes, October's going to be hella fun to yeah. read. I'm the excited about October. I was um, thinking about, for my October Buddy Read, I was toying with some horror classics. So I was okay. thinking of uh, Frankenstein oh. by Mary Shelley, or The Legend of Sleepy Hollow, possibly. Ooh. Oh, I'd be down for either. I own Frankenstein. In the... I do, too. Cool. I have the baby version of that. <laughs> Tavia has the ultra-fancy version and I just have the one that I got at the used but bookstore. It's gonna look so good in pictures. No, it will because mine won't. I'll show you mine when I get back downstairs. It's just like meh. 
extravaganza um a purchasing agatha christie books so i have four love it <laughs> so excited i love me some christie I looked through my shelves the other day after you mentioned that you did, and I've, I've got a couple of thrillers that I could read that I've never read that I own, uh, and then just, like, crap loads of true crime that I haven't gotten to yet. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to try to, like, mix it a little bit. I'm going to try um, a couple of horrors if I can get through them. I know that Grady Hendrix, he was the author of the Southern Book Club's Guide to Vampire. The wildest Flight. thing I have read it in was, a long time lord it was a roller coaster well he also read um, he also wrote horror store which is a book yes. i read in october last year yes. he's also got what he has another horror called my best friend's exorcism and it looks straight up like a book that was printed in the 80s like it's got the like the yeah. neon color it's so like sweet valley cool high looking. yes uh, yes, it's like if the Babysitter's Club dealt with exorcisms. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, it looks really cool. I would love to check it out. I'm going to have to see if the library has it. So yeah, there's definitely a few that I'm going to be trying. Yeah, I was, um, Susie, I, Susie, I don't know why I just Yes. I, I was telling you, Susie, that I inventoried my books and yes. I have 11 that I own already that will fit this category that will Mm -hmm. fit kind of the whole month so it's just going to be a spooky creepy spectacular october culminating in a buddy read yes like there's not much going for us right now it's a pandemic it's an election year it's all crap so let's just read some hella good stuff Mm -hmm. i'm excited so next week we're just going to catch up on what we've been reading this month Mm -hmm. and then we go creepy yes so excited! So excited too. But yes, happy Betty Read Week. Congratulations to me for picking a damn good book. I'm very proud. I'm going to be riding high on this for a while. You get a laurel and hearty handshake. <laughs> My dad says that all the time. <laughs> I was just going to say, all right, dad. <laughs> My dad is the greatest and he says the funniest things. He's the funniest person I know. It's probably because you're a dad yourself. Tavia's dad jokes are unreal. She doesn't unleash them a lot on the podcast, but I swear to God. It's because you hate them so much. You've threatened to end our friendship over my dad jokes before. And then she got my hairdresser to start doing it. She did that all on her own? Mm. I'm not that convincing. Mm. I am not a charismatic cult leader. Mm. She did that all by herself. You gave her Kool-Aid. I know you did. (laughs) But anyways, guys, I hope that you definitely check out the bone houses yeah, for real for real cool. it was fantastic um i'm i think i'm gonna give it the five stars because even if i gave it four and a half stars i would still round up to five stars so <laughs> yes definitely check it out maybe just maybe just make your own little appendices and just work out the pronunciations so you know you know you know how to read it um but yeah it's fantastic Yes, it was. Very happy enjoyable. Betty Read Week. Yes, happy Betty Read Week. I wish I could remember our theme song. <laughs> <laughs> we'll figure it out. Yeah, I know Next I month invented we'll be one. prepared. <laughs> All right, All well, right, we will guys. talk to you next time. All right. Bye. Bye.